Hey guys, it's Leah B from Prestige Veteran Medical Consulting. I'm a U.S. Army veteran, physician assistant, and former compensation and pension examiner. So today I want to come on and do a quick video about TMJ or temporal mandibular joint disorder um, and how it can be related to VA disability and what happens at the CMP exam specifically. So TMJ or temporal mandibular joint disorder, TMJD, is a, is a condition that many veterans suffer from. It can either be related on a primary or a secondary basis to your service. So on a primary basis, perhaps you were diagnosed in service with this condition and you've continued to suffer from it since, or on a secondary basis related to things like mental health disorders, like depression, anxiety, PTSD. Um, perhaps you had a facial fracture and developed some dysfunction of your joint of that. It's a sliding hinge joint that connects your skull um, to your jawbone. Um, it can be on one or either side or both. And you can, get service connected for it. Like I said, if you can establish that it was incurred in the line of duty or related to another service connected disability. So if you file a claim for this on your own or with the assistance of an accredited legal professional, you're likely going to get a packet in the mail for a CMP exam, a compensation and pension exam. So if you receive that, it's probably going to be with one of the contract CMP exam companies. The VA is, um, from what I understand, is not doing a ton of them anymore. And, and a majority of them are being pushed out to contractors, but it is possible that you could get um, evaluated at the VA as well. Um, it's always best to discuss these things with a veteran service officer or another accredited legal professional if you have questions on the administrative claims process. So as a disclaimer, I'm not a legal professional. I'm just a medical professional that reviews files and writes um, independent reports on the files I review. So um, once you get that packet in the mail, it should tell you where you're going to go, who you're going to see. It may it, It's likely going to be with a dental professional. And they're gonna, you're gonna show up to that exam, and they're gonna do go over the disability benefit questionnaire for TMJ. Um, these are readily all of the DBQs are, or most of the DBQs are generally available on um, VA.gov on the on the VA's website. So you can take a look at them. You can also get your own treating dentist or even your family practice provider to fill this out um, if you'd like. So let me go ahead and present that real quick so we can go over some of the aspects of it. Okay, here we go. Let me just blow this up just a little bit so we can see it. Okay, so the TMJ DBQ. Now, as you can see, the person filling this out is going to put your information at the top. So your social security number, date of exam, who you are, are you completing this DBQ at the request of the veteran or other? This is pretty much just information for the person to describe how they know you. Okay. So how, you know, did you ask them to do this for them? Are they your treating dentist? Did the VA send it over to them, et cetera? Um, are they regularly seen at your clinic? Did you examine them in person? What records did they review? So if it's your claims file, they can write that. If it's their your treatment records for, you know, they've been your treating dentist for years, they can discuss that in this block. Um, the list the claim condition that pertain to this questionnaire. So for this condition, it would be TMJ um, or whatever the condition is. Again, it's kind of redundant here. It asks, have you ever been um, now, does a veteran now or have they ever had a TMJ condition? Yes or no. And then it wants them to complete one C. Um, so whatever those diagnoses are, okay? 
um, describe the history. So you're going to give them the history of when the condition started. They're going to document that for you. Um, started years ago, started six months ago, um, how it's worsened, you know, what makes it better, et cetera. Um, do you report flare-ups? So again, frequency, duration, characteristics, precipitating and alleviating factors, severity and extent of functional impairment. Do you report having functional loss? Okay, or, or including but not limited to after repeated use over time. And so then they're going to go into range of motion. So we have a, a video, you guys should check it out on range of motion measurement. Um, and I have the goniometer or the tool that, that measures range of motion. And that can measure range of motion for any joint, whether it's the knee, the elbow, the jaw, that joint is going to show range of motion. And so they're going to measure the right and the left side, and they're going to just annotate their findings, abnormalities. Um, they're going to discuss whether it's related to functional loss. Um, really passive and active motion, whether they're able to open and close your jaw or whether you're able to do it on your own, what are the measurements for those? And, and as you can see, the left and right side are annotated differently. They're going to look at um, different portions of your jaw and annotate how many millimeters of opening you have. Okay. Um, there's several different measurements that they're going to take. Passively, and actively. So whether they're opening and closing your jaw or you are doing it. Okay, again, these are just more measurements of your jaw. So as you can see, this is very heavily based on range of motion and that's gonna go into the ratings, okay? So is there evidence of crepitus? Is there tenderness to your jaw when they, when they palpate it? Again, more um, questions about functional loss and fatigability and weakness and repeated use over time. They're going to ask is, are you being examined after repeated use over time? If you're not, um, they're supposed to make an estimate of your functional loss. If you should have repeated use over time, what would that be? Flare-ups. Is this being conducted during a flare-up? Um, Additional factors contributing to disability, less movement than normal, more movement than normal, weakened movement, swelling, deformity, atrophy of disuse, dietary restrictions, that can be important. Um, whether you're able to chew food, whether you have to be on a liquid diet, things like that. Diagnostic testing. Have you had imaging studies like x-rays? Um, do you have post-traumatic arthritis of the jaw? Um, any other significant diagnostic test findings or results related to claim condition? Do you have any abnormal labs related to this condition? Functional impact? Um, does it perform, does it inhibit or impact your ability to work? You know, maybe you have a job where you have to talk on the phone all the time and that becomes difficult. And then they're going to sign this. Okay. And they're going to submit it to the VA. Now, let me go off this screen share. Okay. So when it comes to the ratings, I'm not going to lie to you guys. The ratings are very um, confusing. They can be because there's so many different um, aspects to it. So I would say talk with a legal professional. You can look this up as well. There are a lot of really great accredited law firms that have 
um, the ratings here out of the Code of Federal Regulation, um, but it can be rated basically up to 50%, but there are a lot of variability based on the, the measurements um, with whether you have a liquid diet or you have a solid, there's several variables that can go into the different ratings. So I don't want to bog down this conversation by discussing each of, of the ratings because they are there are some variables that go into that, okay? So I hope you guys really enjoyed this. I have another video on TMJ related to mental health disorders that you can watch and also check out that goniometer video so we can you can kind of see what that what a goniometer is and what range of motion is. So thanks for watching and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.